Business Tech Weekly Podcast, episode number 38. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Business Tech Weekly. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Andy Traub. We're here each and every week to talk business and technology. How can we become more profitable, more effective, more proficient in all that we do to increase the bottom line and also our ability to spend more time with our family? Andy, I am excited. This week we have a full show. My head of topics. I, my head is exploding. And the the voicemail stuff. Voice Ton of stuff. Voicemail feedback hotline has been lit up, my friend. We um, asked and we received. That's right. And in fact, folks, uh, that is no reason for you not to call and get in your questions and comments for Business Tech Weekly. Please do so by calling eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Of course, we'll give you that number again at the end of the show. All right, so um, we have lots of things to cover here. The first and foremost thing that I think is exciting to everybody who's listening to this, if you have not yet done so, go immediately and get yourself a Google Voice account. They're now available to everybody without needing an invitation. They're there for you to pick up immediately. Yeah, and, and my only caution to folks is... Before you go off and rush and get one, uh, you can change. I'll kind of come in the back door with this. You can change your Google Voice number if you get a number and you decide you don't like it. It costs $10 to keep your old number live for 30 or 60 days as you do the switch over. But um, just know that it's tied into your Gmail or, you know, your, or your Google Apps address. And so, like, I started with a Google Voice number, Cliff, and I'd attach it to a Gmail address. Then I moved to Google Apps. And I couldn't move that number over to my Google Apps Gmail uh, account. So I had to actually, to check my Google Voice, I had to log out of my apps and log into my Gmail. So just just know that it's tied to one email and uh, try to try to connect it to your main email. It simplifies kind of logging in and logging out to get to your Google Voice uh, dashboard. Absolutely. You know, yeah. somebody is in our chat room right here. It looks like it's Shelly, and she's asking a silly question, but what is Google Voice? And Shelly, I'm going to encourage you. I know that you're a Plus member. I'm pretty sure she's a Plus member. Anyway, um, so it's episode number six of Business Tech Weekly. We went through every item you could possibly think about, I think, covering Google Voice. So an entire episode about it, and it's all pure awesomeness. So, yeah, that was a that was one of my favorite episodes. Frankly, it was just really full of not just the technical, which I you know I think you can get technical a lot of places, but yeah. it's the what's the purpose, what's the strategy behind having a Google Voice number? How can you use it in your business to help you make more money, look more professional? And I and that's what I love about the show. That's what I love about Google Voice. You know? Yep, indeed. All right, so Sweet. so Google Voice now open without an invoice. Next one, free Skype for a month. Where'd you find out about this? Uh, my good friend and your good friend, Justin Lucas-Savage over at coachradio.tv. Uh, he uh, just found it on Mashable and, and, and here's the deal. It's sort of a trick 
<laughs> because you can subscribe to Skype out for like three bucks a month if you get the whole year or month to month, it's like seven or eight bucks. And so they sign you up for a free month, which is nice because you save six or seven bucks and you can call. There's a bunch of other options, but um, that link I think is, well, actually I think that link right there is to, you know, you get 60 minutes to Algeria, 60 minutes to all these different com- you know, countries, but in the U.S., and I think in Canada, Mexico, you get free outgoing calls to landlines and and uh, uh, cell phones for a month. And so they say, hey, we're going to charge you nothing for the first month. But after that, it's like 7 or $8 a month or something. So the point I'm making is if you're going to do it, just test it out. That's fine. But then subscribe for the full year because if you're going to get it, get it. Don't pay $8 a month when you could pay $3 a month for it. So I think it's a good promotion if you want to try out Skype calls to landlines and cell phones. But if you're going to get it, then I would definitely, um, you know, just take the dive and spend the $36 to get it for the full year. Yeah. But uh, but it's a good if you want to try it out. Basically, just allows you to make phone calls to landlines. Absolutely. All I right. would love it too, Cliff, if you know folks that have recommendations on Skype phones, um, you know, please call into the show or, or contact me directly because it's something I'm considering uh, using more often. But, uh, you know, I'm sort of lost in the sea of options when it comes to what I, I would like a physical phone to, uh, to make calls with. Yeah, I, I, I still I'm, I'm, I'm old school. And, and uh, when it comes to making business phone calls, I like a reliable landline telephone as a as a as a safeguard against Internet outages and stuff like that. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, I'd I'm, hate. I mean, my I'm in between because I have Vonage. So. Yeah, I'm but, still at that mercy. You know what I mean. So yeah. Skype isn't as a big jump for, for me as it would be for you because yeah. you're totally landline, and I'm 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 you know internet reliant. Right. So. And and I'll tell you what, my of course I have two I have two ISPs. I've got internet uh, coming in via DSL and via cable. And I'll tell you what, every time it storms, the cable modem will drop a couple times and. It, yeah, it's it's crazy. So I, I couldn't imagine having no backup for, let's say, if a, a client were to call me or something like that, or I needed to make a phone call to a client uh, at a scheduled yeah. time. So anyway, but yeah, I, I, I Skype phones. I don't know. I guess I guess, um, you know, there's a bunch of them out there. So if anybody's got a, a suggestion, anybody's using Skype, uh, what are the advantages, disadvantages and what phone are you using? Uh, give us a call, 859-795-4067. Now, I saw that you did a YouTube video this week on a plugin that you are kind of excited about that turns your contact page into uh, something that puts immediate information into your high-rise account. Yeah, basically, it's a high-rise plugin, and you can just Google WordPress high-rise plugin. And actually, my video is like third or fourth thing you find on there and I put it up like yesterday but here's the problem Cliff it's a great idea it is not executed (laughs) correctly yet I'm actually um, in touch with the developer right now to figure out what the issue is other people have had no problems with it but the very first time I used it I got a double entry yep Um, and then the next time someone used it I got a quadruple entry (laughs) so I have stopped telling people about it because I don't want to get you know octuplet entry uh, so literally their, their contact would go in there four times, yep. but when it does work and I want it to work and I'm committed to making it work, it will do the following. It will add the contact. It will add, uh, a, they can write a, a message. And when they write the message that it goes under their contact as the first note, 
and then it adds a to-do item to follow up with them if you would like to, and you can categorize it like follow-up, and you can and you can tell I wanted to do a follow-up in 48 hours after the person's contacting me, and that's optional. Right. So it'll add a to-do item, and then under your background information for high-rise, it'll say uh, that the person submitted their contact information through andytribe.com. Nice. So it really populates a ton of stuff, which is great. But you know, I went in there today and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this person's in here four times," and it was a pain in the in the in the tail to delete all those. So I'm not going to tell anyone else about it. I want to get it fixed, and then I'll go for it. But it's a great thing because that's when I think the Achilles heel of high rise is the manually having to plug all that stuff in. But I um, tell you what, I hopefully we'll get it figured out. I got I saw your video and it's like, man, of course me, I'm a I'm an I'm an, a WordPress purist, so I try to avoid putting in plugins unless I absolutely desperately need some functionality that that plugin will offer. And I saw your video, and it's like, man, that looks cool, but I'm certainly not interested uh, because yeah. I, I just don't like the idea of things automatically happening. So the question is, you know, what if I have already got a contact? Are they, is it going to add a double contact? Is it, you know, how does it, you know, what if all of a sudden I've got a contact but all of a sudden it's the same person, but they're putting in a different email address. So is it going to go into the right contact and not, it's just, just mm-hmm. the, the possible things that could go wrong are endless. And so I like the manual stuff. And of course, that's why I have a virtual assistant to keep me from manually doing any of that stuff. I just, every time <laughs> I, I get emails all the time and it's like, Hey Cliff, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do that. And then what I can do is if they're already in high rise, I am using the Dropbox account, which by the way, uh, if I just blind carbon copy my high rise Dropbox account, if their email address is already in high rise, it will automatically put that response in under as a note under their um, contact information. But if it's somebody that I know sure. that's not in high rise or if all of a sudden somebody says, you know, I say, hey, I'd love to do that. What, what's your phone number? And if they email me a phone number, I just hit forward. I forward it over to my assistant and say, can you add this information to this person's contact in high rise? <laughs> Bingo. That's it. Yeah. And and of course yeah. that's, that just takes a second. I, all I have to do is hit forward, please add info to high rise and then hit send and boom, I'm done. I love it. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good workflow. And that's uh that's something I think is a, is a, a thread through a lot of our shows is creating work th- workflows is very important. Well, looking at the notes here and seeing as how I just created an awesome transition into a topic that is <laughs> skipped one over, how about we come back to the your business exploding and let's talk about Andy getting a VA. Yeah. All right. I I have I think the biggest obstacle to me getting a VA frankly was deciding what I could and should delegate. And uh, the virtual assistant podcast has been a big help. In regards to that, uh, just you know, listening to you on your journey before you made that, um, made the switch, um, you know that that helped as well. Uh, but I have found that what I truly need is not a customer service person. It's it's someone to do small, detailed, technical tasks that that I can sort of are, are I call them time sucks. They just yep. they just you know I can be in there an hour doing something and. Frankly, you know, if I could train someone else to do it, God bless them. You know, if I'm going to pay them and they're going to be happy with the wage, then we're going to do that. So the other cool thing is, and this is the great thing, I know that you have a company that sponsored your podcast and they they are really top notch, is that's the other concern with VAs is 
you don't know how good they are until you start working with them. Right. And this VA is already working uh, with another member of the GSPN community. And so I was able to talk to him and say, okay, what is this guy really like? What's this VA really like? Is it is it worth the money? And so on and so forth. And so uh, we're on a month-to-month contract right now and it's starting in July. And one of the cool things is he's starting during the middle of my vacation. Yeah. Uh, my family and I are taking about a two-week vacation. And it's sort of like, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point of a VA is that you can take vacations? And so I'm excited to see what it's like to delegate while I'm on the beach of Lake Michigan or something. You know, I mean, it's just, that's sort of the vision I have for it is that I can run my business, but I don't have to run my business, so to speak. So that's, that's the, that's the goal. And we'll see, we'll see how it, uh, how, how it turns out. I'll keep you guys updated. It sounds awesome. I'm very interested to see how that goes. Did you get somebody in the Philippines? Is that what's going on? I did. I did. Um, he is, uh, and my, my, all, my biggest concern with those, with those situations like that is always, you know, is their English good? Uh, is, you know, is their communication accurate and timely? And just, he just seems to me to be an incredibly professional guy. And, you know, he, you know, he friended me on Facebook and, you know, it's just, it's just fun to, uh, you know, and frankly, I'm paying him a wage that in his country puts him in the middle upper class, <laughs> you know, and, um, it's certainly not a huge investment on my part, but, uh, I, I'm part of it is I do like the idea that I'm helping someone, um, make a living for he and his family. Um, and it's also a great deal for me. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. So I, I'm looking at the notes yeah. here. It sounds here. It sounds to me like business is exploding. What's going on there? Well, I, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I put in here, I have three proposals that are out right now that if I get them would equal 80% of what I made last year. And how long so, would you, how long would it take to actually fulfill all the stuff in those proposals? Three months. Nice. Uh, the longest of three months, one's not, one's 45 days. Um, no, actually one, let's say that there's a six month one, but that's mostly on the front end in the first two months would get a majority of that. And then there's a three month one and then there's like a 45 day one. So, um, yeah, and just the scope of, of what I'm doing for people. I'm, I went to a seminar this morning, um, at a local library, uh, just about, you know, being proficient with your time and getting things done and um, and the, he asked the question. He said, uh, "You know, why do you why do you do what you do for a living? What's your motivation? Are you do you like what you do?" And I just had this huge smirk on my face, like, "Yeah, I do. I really love what I do. I'm I'm starting to get a reputation as a person that a business can bring in, and I can apply what I know about social media and and the net and and how people interact with businesses online." And then that person's business, which is they're always unique, and I'm getting a reputation for being able to come in and and get people through the door, you know. And so, and, and frankly, Cliff, I had a listener to Business Tech Weekly directly contact me because of the show and say, because of what you said on that episode, Andy, I'm very interested in hiring you. So, podcasting does pay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. In fact, um, I gave a talk at PodCamp Ohio this past weekend. And, uh, I listened I, to that. It's I, cool. I did a, um, uh, it was called uh, Making Money with Your Podcast. And uh, I'm giving that away to people for free as, as long as they sign up for my mailing list, 
over at podcastanswerman.com slash mailing list. And once you're confirmed and on the, well, you know, once you get yourself on the list, then you just send an email over to assistant at podcastanswerman.com and tell in the subject line that you want the PodCamp Ohio talk, making money with your podcast, whatever. She'll send you the uh, login information to get that. So very cool. Yeah, that was a fun, that was fun. It felt very, um, I'm not going to remember that guy's Garrison Keeler. Yeah. You know who that is? Yeah. Yeah, it felt very like, you know, that fun live audience sort of, I don't know. It was cool. Yeah, I had a great time. I I love speaking in front of people. It's uh, such a rush. All right. So isn't it funny that so many people think that they'd rather, you know, they'd rather jump off a bridge and speak in front of people, you know, know. and uh, it is a rush. Yeah, it's crazy. But hey, for me, I love it. Uh, I, as I mentioned on podcast answer man today, I'd love to get my, my next thing is I want to actually get in front of a crowd of like 5,000 people and just talk about something that I love. Yeah. Yeah, It'd be awesome. All right. So, uh, let's move on here. Uh, we brought up some stuff last week and I have a question from Ray. He, we actually carried on the show, had a pretty decent post show after, after recording this live last week. And, and I wanted to bring in some of the stuff that was, coming up in the chat room after the show into the show this week. And I asked Ray if he wouldn't mind submitting a question that he asked in text form last week in audio form this week and uh, see if we could recreate some of the things we told him and maybe even give some additional insights. So uh, Ray did an awesome job of providing that. And here is his question. Hey Cliff, this is Ray from the podcasterstudio.com and at podcast helper on Twitter calling in a question for Business Tech Weekly. I was tuning in to your most recent episode and you were having a great sort of post-conversation with Andy and the chat room about charging people for your services and different models you were thinking about going with. And for me, I've done recently some consulting of my own and I charge a fair amount of money. And for me, it uh, it's still really hard for me to do that. I mean, I have a hard time charging people for stuff that I would never really pay for myself. And what I mean by that is with the internet, I can go and find anything that I want to go and learn about online. I understand that takes a lot of time and some people just want to get the answers. But again, I'm just a sort of do-it-yourself type guy and it's hard to get past that barrier of charging people what seems like so much money. I guess it's just a bit of insecurity that they're not going to get enough value out of it for themselves. And I have actually never had a complaint and people are usually way uh, more satisfied than I even expect them to be, but it's still there. And I think it's something that you may have struggled with yourself. So I'm curious, how did you overcome that feeling? What did you do? Do you still have issues with uh, charging people $150 an hour or whatever rate you might be going at at that time. So just some advice about uh, those feelings and what you do to overcome them. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Absolutely. Thanks, Ray, for calling that in. And uh, we're going to go over a, a, a post here from Seth Godin in just a moment that that Andy's going to link to in the chat room. Um, but I, I want to say that I certainly struggled with charging people money. Um you know, and, and, and I, I'm totally the same way. I'm one of those guys who will search and scour the web to find everything, you know, and, and, and I know that it's all out there and, and gosh, certainly back in the day, you know, when I, when finances were so tight that I couldn't imagine, you know, how could I ever pay somebody else 150 bucks an hour 
to to teach me how to do something I could learn how to do on the web for free. That certainly is it is a mindset that will get in the way of you being successful in business. There is no question about that at all. The thing is, though, is it's something that you're going to need to get over if you plan on being successful in business, because um, I will tell you that it is quite valuable, the information that we provide to our clients. Now, of course, we want a win-win situation, but Andy, uh, we're going to read this post. I imagine this is about the the paint, the special paint that we needed to to take care of a problem that saved somebody millions, right? Yeah. Okay. So so here's the situation. Could you imagine being paid for you know, let's say thousands of dollars just to show up and just all of a sudden be <laughs> be shown a problem? You you show up on the scene and within five minutes you diagnose it give them the answer or the solution they need and then turn around after for five minutes of your time, invoice them for thousands of dollars. Well, let's read this post. Andy, do you want to read the the blog post? Cause it's very yeah, short. I want to read the, I want to read the, the last, I'm going to start with, I had a college professor. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah. Are you in there? It's, yeah. it's, it's just the last two paragraphs cause we got a pretty packed show, but I, I love this. Uh, and the title of this is Hourly Work Versus Linchpin Work. And this is from Seth Godin. Uh, he says, I have a college professor who did engineering consulting. A brand new office tower in Boston had a serious problem. There was a brown stain coming through the drywall. All of the drywall. No matter how much stain killer they used. In a 40-story building, if you had to rip out all the drywall, this was a multi-million dollar disaster. They exhausted all possibilities and were a day away from tearing out everything and taking a loss. They hired Henry in a last-ditch effort to solve the problem. He looked at the walls and said, I think I can work out a solution, but it will cost you $45,000 if I succeed. They initially... They instantly signed on because if he succeeded, the project would be saved. Henry asked for a pencil and paper and wrote the name of a common hardware store chemical and handed it to them. Here, comma, this will work. <laughs> and then he billed them for $45,000. That's quite an hourly wage. It's also quite a bargain. That is awesome. So, 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 so this Ray is exactly the kind of solutions that we as podcasting consultants can offer to folks. And I want to tell you, I have, I have struggled with this and I still struggle from time to time. You know, I get people who get on the phone and they just want to chat with me for an hour. (laughs) I mean, it's like, I'm not helping them accomplish or move forward with the project. I'm just helping them brainstorm ideas. And these people are very happy to just give me 150 bucks an hour. And uh, so, I mean, it, this, this, is, this is exactly the way people, um, you know, feel about it. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it's mind boggling. But I will tell you this. What happened was I am very thankful, very thankful for these clients who have been willing to pay me and see how much value I have to offer them because of the inspiration that they get, the the different things that they are inspired to do that actually earns them more money. 
And what it's done is it certainly got me in a place where, yeah, there were a lot of things that I was doing that I would have never paid somebody else to do back then. But now people are paying me to do these things. And I want to tell you, I am certainly a whole lot more open to paying other people to do the things that I don't want to do right now. It's so funny right now, as I'm recording this podcast on the other side of the, of the window in my studio is Casey and Casey out right outside right now is weed eating my backyard. And then he's going to go through and weed eat around the rest of the house and mow my lawn. I mean, it's something that normally I would, I wouldn't think to pay somebody else to do something that I could easily do in 20 or 30 minutes of my own time. But now I pay somebody else to do it. I, you know, I, I actually, you know, buy people's coaching services when I need help with other areas. So there are a lot of things that I used to never pay for. And this is one thing I'm going to share for you, share with you. And I shared it in the post discussion and I have no problem putting it in here, but I want to tell you prior to running my own business, I want to tell you, I hardly ever Mm. paid for software. I hardly ever paid for software. I've had Microsoft Office every single on every single computer I've almost every ever owned until the last two years when I decided I never want to see Microsoft Office again. (laughs) But I've always had the software. I've never paid for it. I've always had these bootleg copies of it. People just send this stuff to me and I would use it. And it, you know, I figured, you know, I'm not going to pay for, you know, $500 for software. You know, I, I remember when I first got Adobe Audition, you know, I was podcasting as a hobby. I got Adobe Audition. Somebody sent me a copy and uh, gave me a, a, a key that I could type in and use it without paying for it. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, I felt great. And it's like, you know, there's a little gnawing inside that says, ah, maybe that's not right. But I, I still went for it and I don't understand why I did, but I did. And it, it, I used to download MP3s off the net back in the day for free and, and stuff like that. And today I will tell you my thinking on all of this stuff has changed. Uh, today I will tell you that I've already purchased uh, Adobe Audition for $349 twice. One for my desktop PC, one for my MacBook to run in parallels. And guess what? I just got confirmation this past week that Adobe Audition is coming to the Mac. And if they don't let me port my license over from my PC, then I'm going to pay $349 a third time for that software. And I have no problem doing so because Mm -hmm. this is valuable software. It is something that helps me achieve a goal and it and it takes a lot of things out of the way and lets me do things more effectively, more efficiently. And I have learned the value that other people give and that other software gives and other products and training gives. And so I have the one. It's kind of a catch 22. I started to feel better about spending money when I started charging money, people money for my services. Mm-hmm. And the other mm-hmm. thing is, is the more I pay for other people's services, guess what? I'm more comfortable charging for my services. So in fact, right now my rates are still $150 an hour. I would suspect that if you talk to me uh, in a couple months from now, my rate probably will be higher. And and the reason that you can do that and the reason that, uh, let's see his name, I think it was Henry, <laughs> uh, could charge $45,000 to write the name of a over-the-counter product on a piece of paper 
is because, and here's, here's what he says. He says, I think I can work out a solution, but it will cost you $45,000 if I succeed. Right? Yes, and if I succeed. So he put, he, put the, he put the qualifier on there, if I succeed. Yeah. So if they don't, then, you know, I got to give them the money back. But part of paying for ideas is that, you know, the, a lot of different people could mow my lawn, right? Mm-hmm. But there are less people that could, you know, connect modern day web-based tools uh, and, and strategy with, you know, X, Y, or Z business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's less people that can look at a potential business and say, okay, here's your angle for your podcast, which you can provide. And it is sort of stunning sometimes when, and I had a meeting this week with a gentleman and, you know, we basically just talked about ideas of how to promote his wife, who's a photographer. And we, we left an hour later and he's like, man, thanks so much, Andy. And I'm like, you know, I didn't have to like lift blocks to build a wall, but I did have to spend some serious brain energy time focus on thinking creatively about how to help her business grow. And there's great worth to that. And the bottom line is uh, for our caller, if you're not worth it, people won't pay it. Right. They won't. And they'll be upset and they'll feel ripped off. That's why when people pay $400 to take a flight and they're treated like, you know, cattle, they get frustrated with that. Right. But if someone, but if I spent $400 for a flight and you treated me with respect and, you know, didn't nickel and dime me everywhere, (laughs) Uh, you know, make me pay for a pillow and blah, 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 then then it would be a pleasant experience. And so it really isn't about the price, right? It really isn't about that at, at all. And, and and I think the biggest thing, and he touched on this, our caller did, is it. I think the biggest step you need to take to be a linchpin, to be an expert, is to give yourself permission. Right. Now, I, I want to say I love the chat room. I love having a chat room. And Stephen actually says, hey, let's, let's you know, kind of ground this a little bit, this story. Uh, and he says, there's a, lead in into the, there's a lead into the success of this story. It's not spending $1 on a lottery ticket and then winning $10 million. Uh, and, he sa- and, and he points out, he says, listen, Cliff's making what he is. He started three to four years ago. And has built up to this. And that's exactly right. I, I mean, I didn't start charging 150 bucks an hour. And to be honest with you, uh, what, I had, what I had to offer to, you know, when I started in January 2008 wasn't worth 150 bucks an hour. Right. I did, what I had to give wasn't worth it because I didn't have enough experience. Sure, I had a little bit of experience and I made a little bit of money. But today, I, what I, I, I've, the more I go along, the more valuable the information that I have and the more experience. I mean, I, I literally have hundreds of people that I've worked with in podcasting now as clients. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the experience, I've got 2,200 episodes of experience. I've got you know a lot of different things that have gone on. So you're absolutely right, Stephen. This guy with $45,000, uh, he didn't just walk in there and, and hit the lottery. He he had some experience. What what got him to the place? What got who who? How did this guy get brought in? It's because he's built up. He's worked. He's he's gained some experience and knowledge and wisdom in his area of expertise, and yeah. that was very valuable information. He's a professor, isn't that interesting? Yeah, you know it's uh, it it it's like that. He wasn't a consultant. I mean, you know that's. That wasn't like on his business card. He was a professor. I just think that that's really interesting that, 
he's willing to say, yeah, I can go help with that. You know, and, and maybe that's, you know, something that a lot of people can, can focus on is, you know, how, why did you get paid so much? Well, because like you just said, he's been living and breathing and understanding this stuff for so long that you can come in and give that assessment. But, you know, he might make sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year as a professor, maybe more. I don't know. Right. But he's not making two hundred and fifty thousand, you know. Yep. But he can make forty five thousand dollars in five minutes. You know, why? Because he saved people that much money. And I think, you know, you can let the mar- the market will tell you how successful you're gonna be, period. Right. You know, the market said that Yugos are junky cars, so they don't make them anymore. Right? Yep. Um, the market says that you know, Honda makes a good car, so they sell more than Chevy. You know, that's just, that's the market will communicate that. And I think if you can show that you provided more value than you're charging, then it's just like Cliff, if you gave me $2 every time I gave you a dollar, the question is, how can I get more dollars to give you, right? Right. And that's what, that's what happens when you get people, they go, man, I just want to, I want to work with you more because you're helping me find that much more success. Absolutely. And they don't see it as an expense. That's the funny thing. Yep. You know, they really don't. Matter of fact, that that's the whole deal, and and that and that's why the let's see one two three four five. That's why the last five words of that blog post is the important key thing here to to read. It's also quite a bargain. Mm-hmm. You know that that's it. It's it, it's a bargain when you give people more value than what they're paying you. Then absolutely, it is a bargain. Now I've got some other things in here that I want to read in the chat room. Shelly asks, "Aren't you afraid of pricing yourself out of the common person's market?" Now anonymous number ninety three seventy or ninety seven in the chat room says, "It's supply and demand. Anybody who'd pay one hundred and fifty bucks an hour would pay two hundred an hour." I'd like to address those two uh, two thoughts there. Number one, am I afraid of pricing uh, pricing myself out of uh, common person's market? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly am. And it's why I've always made sure that I'm always available uh, in one form or another to help as many people as possible. I mean, I got my start by helping people. It's how I got. I, I, that's my greatest desire. I want to help to entertain, educate, encourage and inspire people. And, and, and I want to do that to the largest number of people as possible. And I certainly want to do it to, you know, some of, of the common folks that, you know, where they, wherever they are. And so I've certainly had places where it's like, you know what, I have several places where I give freely of my time. So it doesn't cost anybody anything to get advice from me. At $150 an hour, I'm already priced out of the common person's market. And, and to be honest with you, my business is no longer focused on the common blogger, the common podcaster. It is, uh, while obviously most everything that I have to do is, is certainly in the realm and, and will apply to a common person, a common blogger. But, you know, honestly, my business, you know, the, their, the common person's budget is not going to finance everything necessary to re- continue to run my business, to put food on the fam- table and to pay all the bills for a family of five and also just put money away for college and all those other things. So what I had to do is I had to determine who is my ideal client and my ideal clients are people who can pay the amount of money necessary for me to do a, a reasonable number of hours of work each week uh, and to be able to provide for my family and save for the future. And so I determined for me that the ideal clients are people who are serious about blogging and podcasting and are willing to see that as an investment and who have a budget for such things in the field of uh, getting some coaching and consulting in that area. 
And so, yes. You do a great job, and I'm trying to do a better job, of qualifying people by saying, listen, if I have to talk you into this, yeah, then you're not my ideal client. Right. <laughs> you know? Now, I know for a fact, and one of them is a mutual friend of ours, is a client that like basically paid to fight with you about, not fight, but argue, whatever you want to call it, about, you know, should I be on social media? Should I be on so-and-so? You know? Right. And you're like, you know, if you don't want to do it, then just, you know, we don't have to keep doing this. Right. And he's like, no, no, I, I, this is part of the process. I want to kind of have it out with you. I want you to convince me. But I'll just tell you, you know, I visited uh, sort of a possible lead uh, store here in downtown Sioux Falls. And she was just sort of indifferent to my services. Yeah. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to convince her. I have enough business that I don't have to convince her that I'm, I'm worth her money. You right. know? I mean, I'm, I'm backed up almost to August now. It's like, so why am I asking someone else to step in line when the line's already full? Right. You know, I, I want people to demand and, and to see value in my services because otherwise they're not that valuable and I'm doing something wrong. Right. So part of this is what process do, do you have, uh, and I'm talking to our listeners, what process do you have to qualify your customers? You know? Yeah. And, and then once you've qualified them, do you have something to offer them? Because if Cliff has a process where it's a, you know, a person says, I, I really want your coaching, but really what they want is a tutorial mm-hmm. on how to do just one small thing. Well, instead of doing $150 an hour, they could spend 200 hours and get two tutorials and be on their merry way. Yep. And that took Cliff, you know, five minutes. Exactly. You know, exactly. and you made more money than you would have in an hour. So the other part of it is, do you have things to offer the common man? I don't really want to work with yeah. someone who has $50. But if they do have $50, I'll take it. It's just a matter of, do I have a product for that? Right. You and is, is that, do I have a product to meet that market? So that's exactly, right. that's exactly it. I, 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 I have, I decided that, you know, I don't want to be, well, the thing is, is, is if I was available to every single person, you know, who had a very small budget, I mean, I'd, I'd be working all day, nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I would never run out of work. But I, I want to price myself to the point where I'm not, not uh, my schedule's not booked all week long and the the number of hours that I do end up working is is a sizable amount of money uh so that I can actually spend some time for the folks who can't afford to have my one-on-one attention so that I can create a two and a half hour social media 101 how I built my brand so that you can buy that for $100 which is less than a third of hiring me for two and a half hours so, mm-hmm. so, um, absolutely that. So, and as far as supply and demand, it's certainly not about that because uh, I, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree about the supply and demand as far as how I decide to go about pricing, because you know what the supply, there is a ton of supply out there as far as people. Um, I happen to know I could probably name five other people out there who are willing to help you set up your podcast and give you some advice regarding equipment and all of that stuff. And they would be glad to do that for you for, for 10 bucks an hour or 20 bucks an hour. So, Mm -hmm. so the supply is not an issue. Uh, but, but where it comes down to, and, and okay, maybe I'm going to agree with the supply and demand of anonymous, whatever that number was, that was, and it's the supply and demand of my time. Does that make sense? 
versus the, it, it, them it, as competition. No, no, yeah, exactly. So there's the, it, the I guess you could look at it two ways: it's supplier, supply and demand. Cliff has information. Uh, you know, it's the information of how to podcast. The 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 supply is is not limited there. There's lots of supply there, but there is a limited supply of Cliff's availability to talk to you one on one about that. Right. And, and and I will tell you that uh, that supply and demand is having a lot to do with that. For example, Andy, when I first started, I certainly had uh, to spend a lot of time convincing people of how I could help them. And 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 I want to suggest to the folks who are listening to this, if you're just getting started, you may I, I I'm not saying I would think that that's actually a pretty good process that you need to go through. You have to kind of grind that out, if you will. Uh, like uh, Jason Fried and Rework says, you, I, I'm kind of thankful for the day. I remember the the first two weeks that I did this business on my own uh, full time. I remember spending about three to five hours putting proposals together. Huh. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Three to five hours just to put the proposal together, just really sweating it out. What do I t- say is my value? What am I adding to this person? What am I going to do? And trying to sell it. And I and I remember only getting a couple of those because a lot of people, quote unquote, didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, but I'm I tell you what, I wouldn't take any of the any of that experience away. I wouldn't go back and do it again now. I, I I wouldn't do it again right now. But I'm glad I went through that process because I learned a lot about what I do have to offer. And then when I finally came around and the right clients actually started to really get it. Then all of a sudden, I recognized what it is I was good at, what I do offer. And when I finally started getting the clients who really understood what I had to offer, then uh, I, I rec- they started to, to just say, hey, Cliff, this is where I see value in what you're doing. And when I find, all of a sudden, it got to the point where I only had to actually market myself in the areas that I was wanting to do. For example, uh, I have a client. His name's Keith Parsons. And he says, Cliff, I, I would love to hire you. And this guy is the one who said, Cliff, I'd pay you $5,000 to come out to my place for the weekend if you would have told me that was available. And he's, he's the guy who convinced me that, that, uh, that I'm that valuable. And the first time I went and said, I, I'm available for $2,500 a day, I immediately got that, that, a client that paid that. And, they, and when I walked away, they actually said it was a bargain. And, and, and it, so there's all of that going into this, but, um, I don't know. I, I'm all over the place, but I think, I think I've made a point or two or three. <laughs> I'm done. Say something, Andy. I, I, I don't know <laughs> if there's much more to say. I think you did summarize it well that, you know, there's all different reasons and motivations to hire people. There's different reasons and motivations to, to price yourself. But at the end of the day, I just think that you're going to figure out if you're going to be successful or not, based on how much are you willing to study your craft, how much you're willing to help people, and how much you're willing to just put it out there and say, this is how much I cost. Because the funny thing is, I never sold anything online until I put it for sale online. And that might sound really stupid, but a lot of people are going, well, what if I do this? And maybe if I do that, and I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if I can do that. You know, it's not like Seth Godin, every single one of his blog posts and books is like amazing. It's not the Bible. It's not the inspired word of God. It's it's a guy who has thoughts. And some days his blog posts stink and some days they inspire the heck out of me. Yeah. But the point is he does a ton of, uh, 
He just puts a ton of information out there. And when you do that, you're bound to say something smart. <laughs> yeah. So that that's my encouragement to people is study your craft, be passionate about something, and go out there and tell people about it. And yes, there's probably someone else that's going to be saying the exact same thing. But I remember this when I hired Justin to be my coach. You know, he said, am I the best coach in the world? I said, I don't know, but you're the one I know. And he said, bingo. That's all that matters. So is Cliff the only podcast consultant in the world? No. Nope. Am I the only person that, you know, connects businesses with social media and web tools? No. But if I'm the one they knew, no, guess who they're going to hire, yep. right? Yep. It's less about other people and more about yourself, I guess, is what I'd like to close with. Exactly. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, we want to say thank you to Ray for submitting that question and get us in, getting us all fired up on this topic. Um, I think we covered everything except for, let, let's. did we mention Hootsuite has an update? Because we've talked about Hootsuite in the past a lot. Yeah, just real quick, when you log into your Hootsuite, uh, you know, if you haven't been in there a while, it's going to give you a sort of a pop-up, which you can disable for the next time. But lots of different uh, updates, including it's in HTML5. Uh, I was talking to Justin about that and wanted to see if it was iPad compatible, and he said it's pseudo-compatible. You can't scroll from left to right. So, uh, but But the point is that uh, Hootsuite has added a lot. You can log into your Google Analytics through Hootsuite. Uh, mine is not working right now, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, you can make yourself geo-searchable, so you can search by what area. Um, so what's that uh, Twitter, Usfora? What's it called? Usfora or Usfora. Yeah, O-S-F-O-O-R-A. Which I gave you your complete refund plus some, didn't I? You did. You did. I like it. Yeah, um, there's that, a few things that aren't like perfect. But what I was going to say about Usfora is that it's weird because I was like, why is there a map on this thing? And I go and I can see where people are tweeting like within blocks of me. And it's just sort of, it's it's eerie weird. But anyway, so Hootsuite added that. So if you update from Hootsuite, it'll make it so you're searchable by area. Uh, Cliff, this just happened when I just updated uh, or put a tweet out about, um, or an update about Business Tech Weekly is, it treats uh, Facebook updates differently. Because you know when you t- put a link into a Facebook update, yep. it automatically pulls in a picture from that page? Yes. So if you do that, which I did, I put you know Business Tech Weekly going live at gspn.tv slash live. When I click on the Facebook update um, you know, uh, profile, it says, you know, please wait while we make a Facebook update. And it pulls a picture from your website. So... That was that was uh, you know it's more it's more like Facebook than it was before in that way. Uh, it's still missing some Facebook integrations, but um, Justin uh, over at CoachRadio.tv today he did a tour of uh, he did a tour of Hootsuite five and sort of all the new. I know they have themes, so it looks a little better. Um, so you know they've done a lot of different things, which is pretty cool. So I Justin I think he did like a fifteen minute tutorial on it. But they did about five or six different, oh, drag and drop files if you're going to do a file attachment. So lots of different things Hootsuite did. I think uh, I, I love it, but I, I want them to get an iPad app. I'm really, um, I think they're, they're missing the boat on that one. But still a cool, cool update for Hootsuite. Very cool. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody. Thank you for subscribing to the Business Week Business Tech Weekly podcast. I'm okay. Uh, confession here. I'm a little distracted by my Usfora. I was actually reading a tweet in Twitter. <laughs> you you finished before I was ready. Anyway, sorry, I didn't know. That's all right. 
Anyway, thank you guys for listening and subscribing to Business Tech Weekly. Of course, you can uh, give us a call with your comments, questions, 859-795-4067. Again, the phone number, 859-795-4067. Of course, we want to encourage you to... uh, Let us know what your thoughts are on charging people money. How have you gone over and uh, got got over the idea of charging people? Um, We want to hear from you. I think we've got some great feedback for next week, by the way. We've got uh, messages. Just so you guys know, we got uh, Eric Fisher has called in. Scott, I believe, Priestley. We've got James Dibbon. And we've got Jason... So, uh, folks, if I just mentioned your name, chances are you're going to hear from us next week in response to your voicemails. And, of course, we still have room for more. Anything else, Andy, you wanted to mention? Join the community, my friends. Uh, It's growing. We're close to 400, and uh, it's just an awesome community. Appreciate being a part of it, Cliff. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back next week, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time at gspn.tv slash live. God bless you all. Bye-bye. 